Hey, guess who's back, everybody? Guess who's back? Hey, can you fucking believe it? He's fucking back. No one's canceled me yet. You know what? No one gives a flying fuck what I say. Not so much as a fucking whisper about the shit talking that I've done over the past month. No one gives a shit what I say. Um, which is why I have to do a, uh, an emergency podcast. An emergency podcast? That's just me yelling in my apartment. I wonder if people can hear me. Like, even when I talk in a regular tone. I wonder if they can hear me rambling on. I mean, because, you know, I, I only record a fraction of what I talk to myself about. But especially when I start yelling. There's someone here. Why is he... Why is he fucking yelling again? He's using the F word. Hope someone's not in there. Hey, stop listening. All right, go to bed. It's only nine o'clock and no one's in bed yet. Um, this one's already off the rails, isn't it? No, so uh, I, I saw something very disturbing today. Very disturbing, like maybe uh, 20 minutes ago. And I had to get home and immediately kick off this emergency transmission. Because I saw something so disturbing on, in, in West End today on my, when I was you know, over there. I'm walking home and I'm thinking about what I just saw and what I witnessed and how it made me feel. And part of this, this exercise, this podcast that we share together, me and the herd, is I get to explore... It's just some of the things that, you know, I just need to work out a little bit. I need to work through. Um, and what I saw tonight, it's going to stick with me for a very long time. Now, what is this, Alf? What did you see that was so disturbing? I saw a grown man cry. <laughs> I saw a grown man twist his ankle, get Roll around on the grounds, which is fair. You know, in the moment, you get a little hurt. That's fine. Got helped off the field. Goes over to the sidelines. Starts rolling around and quietly weeping. <laughs> now, and this is in the, within the context of like a rec soccer game. Now, what had occurred was he, you know, previously had missed like, I mean, five open shots. I mean, he's happens to be in the right spot a lot, but he it's just he's he's mentally weak, and even if it's an open goal, he'll blast it. I mean, from five feet away, ten feet over the bar. It's it's actually impressive. Like it's almost like he's trying to miss, and then like. You know, when he's 20 feet away, he'll, like, lightly tap it. You know, and barely rolls to the goalie. He's just mentally... And, and just to give you an insight, too, into this, this man's just general demeanor. Like, this is like rec soccer. And, and we are in the third of three divisions. We, we are possibly the, the worst team in the entire system. And today, we lost to a team that was playing two girls... Like, that's, that's the level of this team. And so when I saw this guy in a non-contact injury wind up to take a shot, like a volley, 
and he rolls his ankle and screams in pain. You know, which happens. You roll your ankle. It was a non-contact ankle roll. And I was, I was on the sidelines. I was, I was out for that particular play. And I saw it happen. And it did not look that bad. But, you know, an ankle roll is – it hurts. It hurts like a bitch. I get it. It is what it is. He's taken off the field, you know, arm in arm with his teammates. He goes over, like I said, starts to just quietly cry. And I'm so I'm on the sidelines and I'm just looking at like I, I don't know what to do. Like I asked him, like it didn't he didn't start immediately crying. Like it was like I was like, so what'd you do? Was it your knee or what? He's like, no, I rolled my ankle and I heard it pop. Oh, all right, damn, that that sucks. You know, I just elevate it and keep it immobile. I think the more he starts to think about it, the more worked up he gets. And he starts whimpering, he starts crying eventually. And I'm literally sitting there, like, looking around. Like, you know, we're in West Ends. There's no, like, UDF around. There's nowhere to go get ice, you know? Like, you just, you drive yourself home, you you get a call. You know, you you find a way, you know, you you think through the problem here a little bit. And it's his left ankle, by the way. So it's not even, like, his right ankle, but whatever. And he starts to whimper, cry. I, I'm just staring. Like I don't know what to do. I, I'm I'm almost bemused actually by the fact he's crying. Like what? What the fuck do you want me to do? Like what the fuck do you want any of us to do? Right? And I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and be like one of these people that's like men should never cry. Like I you know, be able to express emotions. Good. You don't you don't hold that shit in. But the bare expectation, the bare minimum, is that as a man you do not cry in public, right? Uh, like unless truly like uh, uh, there's a there's a few circumstances where it's like like devastating news like you just lost a loved one all right your daughter gets hit by a car all right i get it but you roll your ankle and like because you have to think about the people around you like what it, it, it is so visceral watching a man cry when there's, like, no really good excuse for it. Like, you, you, I, I don't know. There's just something visceral about it. And it's like, you know, if you were ever on, like, the front lines, like, in Ukraine, and someone starts, like, fucking whimpering or something, or, you know, they twist their ankle and they start crying. Meanwhile, someone's holding their, you know, fucking arm in their hand because it got blown away, right? And he's in shock. Like, that scene from... Saving Private Ryan. Um, like, those are situations... Like, that's fine. But, like... I just... The, the evolutionary path of men was to be strong. And, like, the idea that, like, in your little... Let's say, like, your war band, right? Because back in the old days... You know, we're talking... You know, pre-Roman times and then... You know, in the Dark Ages. Which is the majority of human history. You kind of had a little tribe that you ran with. You know, of... of 30 to 50 individuals within your tribe. And, you know, there was kind of like a war band. Uh, those were the hunters, or, or in some cases, the ones that went to war. And it was, it was usually no more, no more than, than 10 at a time. Like, war bands were very small. It was usually, usually about four or five um, that would kind of represent the tribe. But, like, like, the idea that, you know, one of your comrades, especially in, in a team setting, it starts to it, it, it's just distracting for everybody else and it and it it brings the mood down like it's just terrible for morale because like what the fuck do you do with the crybaby like with the with the woman like you can comfort her maybe like there's like value in that but like 
I'm not gonna, I am not gonna comfort a fucking man. Like, I, I had no idea what to say. What am I gonna, like, gonna rub his back? It's okay, man, like, <laughs> shit'll be fine, right? And so, like, this goes on, and, like, the game is still going on. It's like, someone needed a sub, so, like, I came off, you know, I ran on the field and finished out the game. Gave everybody high fives. Everybody came back. And, like, the rest of the team, by the way, like, it's not just me being a lunatic. The rest of the team was like, you all right, dude? And he's just, like, whimpering and crying. And, like, <laughs> everyone's just like, all right, well, good luck. See you later. And I, I was willing. See, I'm compassionate enough. Because at the time, right, as we're sitting there, there was somebody, like, a trainer. And we didn't know there was anybody that was even, like, remotely watching. But there was, like, a trainer who was supervising. He brought, like, the John Deere over. And he had, like, a bag of ice, which was awesome. And, um, you know, he had tape to tape him up. And it was, it was, like, a really nice dude. And he comes over, and you can tell, like, this guy, and he's a, he's a coach over at the West End Stadium, like a CPS football coach. And you can tell, like, he was completely taken aback by, like, this guy being a little bitch. And, like, was sitting there being, like, you know, I'll tape, like, I'm a trainer, like, I'll tape you up. Like, I've, I have an education in this. I was like, all right, great. And so he literally, like, if you were to touch his foot, like, he would start whimpering. And, like, he was, like, begging this guy to take the cleat off. But anytime he touched his, his foot, like, he would, like, wince and, you know, jolt away. And he got to the point where, like, this trainer was just, like, you know, he was, like, an older black dude. And, by the way, this guy that was also, like, he was on the ground. He was, he's a black dude, too, and... He's from Sycamore, and this guy's from West End. And I, I, could, I could read the expression on his face just being like, and this guy's a football coach, and he's just like, uh, like, what are you doing? It was so, so embarrassing. But finally, finally they get the cleat off. He gets it off himself, which is funny, because he was trying to get everyone else to take off his cleat, but, you know, he couldn't do it. And then one of the teammates tried, and he didn't. So finally, like, he just did it himself, which he did. And he, he was fine. And then, you know, it came to like, all right, let's take the sock off. And he couldn't take the sock off. He, the trainer didn't have scissors. And so he's just like, tape it up. Tape, tape this bitch up. And the guy's like, with your sock on? He's like, yeah. And so I'm like, getting, getting your ankle taped with your sock on is so gross. Like, literally, this poor trainer is like touching this guy's wet sock. And he's, like, writhing in pain. And how ridiculous it is, too, because, like, you have to take the sock off at some point. Like, that's – it's all wet. It's going to get moldy. Like, that's just gross. Like, you have to take the sock off. You cannot leave a wet sock on, like, overnight. So all of this taping, he's going to have to do – like, undo anyway, like, tonight. And that's going to be painful. Because, like, if you tape – like, if you tape up a bare ankle and you go to bed with it, maybe, you know, you immobilize it and you'll go – you wake up tomorrow and maybe it's better. Because, like, you know, I, I've had an ankle issue, too, where, like, I, I thought – I heard a pop – it was a soccer injury. You know, I was, there was some guy coming from behind me. I didn't see him and he was running diagonally and I was running diagonally. And I, you know, I was looking downfield and I didn't see kind of, you know, looking to my right and my left peripheral, he kind of comes and cuts in front of me and my left ankle lands on his foot and I heard it pop. It was a clear as day, loudest pop I've ever heard. I went down, he heard it, he felt bad. Like, you know, and it was, it was nobody's fault. It was just, you know, bad timing and I wasn't looking and, you know, maybe he shouldn't have been so close to me, but it really it was nobody's fault at the end of the day, you know, but ultimately it wasn't broken. It was just a really bad sprain and I had to be off it for, you know, maybe a couple of weeks and then it took, 
maybe six weeks to really get the strength back. And, and now it's good. Like I, I never have to have a brace or anything like that. So it, it, it healed on its own. Um, but all that's it. Like I, I've, I've, I feel his pain. Like I know that. And maybe it's broken. I, I don't know, you know if that's the case. But I tell you what, I've seen people tear every ligament in their knee. I, I, I've seen people gash their heads open. I've seen people chip multiple teeth. I, I've seen broken toes. I've seen broken arms, broken legs. I broke my collarbone. I, I, you know, I've never seen anyone over the age of like 16 cry from a sports injury. So, and it was just, it was so shocking to me. And am I, am I equating, like it goes back again to like, you know, how unequipped men are to deal with this because like half the team fucking just, there's like, all right, see you later, man. Like, good luck. Can you drive? And he's like, you know, not answering. Like, all right, later, bro. Like, we're trying to help you, but if you're like not helping yourself, like we're out of here. And so I kind of stay, you know, there was a handful of us and I think maybe three of us that we got him on the cart. We got all of his stuff together. You know, we got a soccer ball, put him on the cart, took him to his car and he gets in the car and he's like, I don't think I can drive home. It was just like, oh my God. Like, dude, it's your, it's your right fucking and I'm sorry, it's your left ankle. So we put him in his passenger seat, whatever. And so I'm talking to the trainer kind of off the side as he's like, I stayed to make sure that like he got in contact with somebody and someone was going to come pick him up or whatever. And then I left. But I was talking to the trainer and uh, I was just like, yeah, that was that was weird. And it was just like, yeah, you know, I usually carry like whiskey in these these <laughs> in this John Deere. And I would have just given him a shot of whiskey. He probably would have shut up. And I, I fucking died laughing because first of all how funny is it that a trainer for like a public high school in the other cart has like a bottle of jack daniels in the in the, <laughs> the compartment like glove component of the john deere uh but i was just like yeah i, I don't blame you for not driving around that's like yeah you know sometimes you got to take this back to the high school and they don't like that <laughs> i was like yeah i bet they don't like the trainer having some jack on the side but to his point it was probably right you know like battlefield surgery you know they would Give him like a stick to bite on. Give him like a, you know, half a pint of whiskey and then say, all right, son, I'm going to saw your leg off now. Um, I, I don't know. I, am I equating my little soccer experience like a war band and going to war? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I am. But at the same time, it's a good, it's a good parallel because no one on that team was equipped to deal with him crying. Like everyone was shook. Like what the fuck do you do with a crying grown man? Like, what, what do you do? There's nothing to do. And it's, you lose your dignity. I have lost all respect for that kid. All right? And this guy, like, would show up to the games and would, like, put, like, AirPods in as he did his warm-up, like, five minutes before the game, like he was getting in the zone. This is rec soccer, and we are the worst team in the league. And this guy is, like, preparing, like, he's preparing for, like, his state, you know, division championship as like a, you know, varsity player, <laughs> which there's no way, there's no way he played at the high school level. Like he's a rec soccer player, but he's got the, he's got the cool gear. Like he's got great looking shoes. He wears like the Lulu pants. He brings his girlfriend to most of the games, which is hilarious. And she wasn't at this one coincidentally. Um, I don't know. It was just, it was bad. And, and I, I don't know. Call me crazy. But if I ever were playing, 
like a sport or even like I'm trying to even think like if I were even in a car accident and I start just weeping like crying because I'm injured like go fuck yourself like go take me around the corner like call the officer over and be like hey hey come here look these are his wishes Uh, you know I've lost respect for this man and I know that he couldn't live knowing that I don't have respect for him. So it would do us all a favor. Switch off that body cam, all right? Take him along the side and just shoot him in the fucking head, all right? That's what I want you guys to do. For anyone that knows me personally, if I ever have a sports injury where I start crying or, or any, any injury for that matter that isn't like, you know, a traumatic, like my, <laughs> like my, I don't know, Mother just got run over by a semi-truck, and I saw it, all right? Unless it's that. I, I, need, I need somebody to take me around the corner and just put a bullet in my head. Because I, I, I cannot live with myself if I knew that, that I embarrassed myself to that extent, all right? I mean, that's... That's that. That's the podcast right there. I mean, holy fuck. I mean, I I have no idea what to say. So I mean, part, part, <laughs> so that's that. I, I'm just triggered and I'm shook. I'm shook by by having to witness that. Like it was traumatic for me. Like, could you imagine growing up in a household where your dad cried all the time, or just even cried once? Like, I, I saw my dad cry one time. I, I think it's probably the closest thing I have to trauma in my life. Like, I think I would rather get, like, beat as a kid than watch my dad cry. <laughs> or any man, for that matter. Um, and I'm not, I'm really not trying to make this into, like, a, a macho man thing. But it's just, like, you know, there's, there's a time and place. You should cry in private, all right? Get off the field. Get in your car. And then, then have a good cry. That's when you let it out, right? But it's selfish. You know, that's what it is. I think it's selfish, Right? Because you're putting the weight of your emotions on other people that have no idea how to deal with it. That's fucking selfish. That's what it is. Men crying are selfish fuckers. That's what it is. I, that, see, this is why we fucking do this podcast. Thank God I arrived at that conclusion. Because that's what it is. That's what it is. I hate selfish people and men crying in public are fucking selfish. You want to cry? Do it in public. I'm sorry, do it in private. All right? You don't do it in front of other people especially for relatively trivial matters, right? That's your pain, my friend. That is your pain. You deal with your fucking pain. All right? All right, settled. There's that issue done. All right, um, so uh, moving on. All right, we're going to do now the, uh, the abortion special. As <laughs> Anyone been keeping up with the news recently? No, but seriously, I've... Uh, <laughs> I've been wanting to do an episode called the abortion special for a while, like make it like the herd immunity Christmas special. Um, but um, I, maybe I'll save that for another day. I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to sit there uh, and make a joke about it because it is, um, you know, people take that issue kind of seriously. Um, and it's, um, it, it is one of the few that's, you know, it, it, it's hard to joke about despite the fact that there are several good jokes that you can make um, on both sides of that argument. I don't know. So yeah, we'll, we'll, save, we'll save the abortion special for another, another one. But um, you know, maybe that's my teaser. 
you know, tell all your friends, all, all your listener friends that the next episode that he drops is going to be the, the abortion special, right? Now I do these episodes like sequentially, like this is episode like, I don't know, how many, 20 episodes we have now? Um, it's not even going to be named. It's just going to be the herd immunity abortion special. Um, maybe we'll do some interviews. <laughs> maybe I'll call Joe Biden see what his take is. I don't think that guy's fucking said a word or, or done anything for that matter. Um... I don't know. The other thing I'm working on, and I'm, I'm, I am excited to, to get this out there, is um, I've, I've kind of, at work, had some free time. Um, and I've come up with a, a dual rating system that combines DVOA and pro football focus ratings. And uh, I'm pretty close. I'm pretty close to getting it done. Um, and, and what this is going to do, it's going to be a useful for four weeks and this is what's crazy is i've probably worked in this i'm not kidding for like 10 hours like i put 10 hours into this um and what i'm going to be able to do is bump up against you know at the highest level you know offense you know projected offense against projected defense and then break it down by position group too because one of the things i like to do uh for gambling anyway is is find mismatches you know when it comes to some of the gambling stuff because it's you know the handicappers are, are pretty good with spreads which you know i'm I'm fairly used to that too. But one of the nice things to be able to do to supplement uh, any weekend of, of NFL football is being able to snipe, you know, and pick out like a team that is down an interior lineman for, uh, you know, a, a defense that's already bad against the run um, up against the team like the, like the Browns or the Titans who do have a great offensive line. Um, so I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll stretch – I'll kind of do a team-by-team team breakdown. You know, maybe do like 10. No, that's probably too much. Maybe like yeah, eight teams, maybe a uh, an episode and really break down by position group, you know, what they're going to be really good at. Um, and just some, you know, kind of initial reads. I, I think the Dolphins are going to be a lot better than people are going to give them credit for. I also think that the Patriots are going to be a lot better than people give them credit for. Um, I, I don't think the Bills are going to be as good as they were last year. So I think that's that's the hot take, kind of the initial analysis that I've done. Um, I, I I really don't think, you know, the Bills are going to be as scary as they were last year. I, I think the Chiefs are probably going to be better. I think the Ravens are going to be scary. Um, I think what scares me most about the Bengals, you know, bringing it back to what I think the primary audience here, one of the scary things for them is that, you know, the offensive line, Jackson Carmen, if he is slotted in as the starting, uh, I guess, left guard, I think that's what we're missing. Um, right, is it right guard? Where do I have that guy slotted in? Hold on. Let me just refer to my fucking sheet. So, I mean, and talking about the data points for this thing, I mean, this is, I'm looking at it right now. I got how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine columns. And I've got 770 rows of data. So let's see. Let's do a quick calculation. Nine times 770. That is 6,000. <laughs> That is 6,930, nice, 69, that's perfect, no more data points, actually, this is perfect, I've got 6,900 data points, um, 
that's going to be really predictive, I think, in the first four games of the year. And so that's the caveat here, is that the, the later that we get in the season, the more that you can use reliably my favorite metric, which is DVOA um, in your gambling research. What Pro Football Focus does is, is it's you know kind of the course for someone's work. What I'll be able to do is kind of differentiate to you know, players that are rookies or coming off of, of major injuries. You know, that'll impact their score. But, um, you know, essentially taking DVOA juxtaposed against kind of individual position players. Um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. So, fucking, I want to distract you. So, Jackson Carmen. Or do I have him slotted in? Um, I got him as a left guard, so I was right. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's going to be a problem. The, the Bengals scouting report, I, I guess I'll, I'll give it right here. Um, the, the offensive line is going to be average, right? And that's, and that's if Jackson Carmen plays terrible again and, you know, that we don't find a replacement player. The good news for the Bengals is that, you know, if he's not the one that steps up, you can probably plug in any one of three different replacement-level players in there, and that'll be fine. And so I think, you know, it's not – the expectation for the Bengals shouldn't be that, like, Joe Burrow's going to have some, you know, Tom Brady, New England line, or even a line that the Buccaneers have for, for Tom Brady these days. Um, but it'll be competent, and, and that will be a, a big upgrade. But um, I, I think Burrow's still going to take a lot of sacks. Is he going to take 70 sacks again like he did last year? No, I think, I think Burrow will probably take 40 sacks, which is still way too fucking many. But um, it, it, that's obviously better. So, so that's good. The defensive interior is still going to be good. It's a top one. The defensive line in general is good. It lacks depth. Um, linebacker is still a huge fucking hole. Um, Jesse Bates will be interesting. I I don't think Jesse Bates will be as big of a loss, um, really, compared to what they were able to accomplish last year. I I think at cornerback, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Cam Taylor-Britt fits in there. Um, And they just have to stay healthy. I think the biggest problem the Bengals might run into is just depth. They really do not have depth at any position um on defense so if a couple guys go down that's that's really going to be a problem and, and then if if Eli Apple regresses to his mean which I don't think he will but if he does um you better hope that Cam Taylor Britt steps up and then Dax Hill is as advertised um because there's there's not a lot of depth there either so um that's the scouting report there um, and then the last bit, just a little teaser, is, is I think you'll find my analysis of the Steelers interesting. I, I think the Steelers defensively are going to be a wagon. Um, offensively, they're a shit show. But, um, you know, early read on any Steelers game, the first four, uh, you probably want to take the under. Um, uh, unless they're playing a truly elite offensive team. And I haven't got that far as to look at matchups yet. But um, the Steelers defensive front is going to be very scary. And, and not to mention the fact that they, they picked up um, Larry Ogunjobi as well. Uh, Cam Hayward is still um, one of the best defenders that there is. Um, J.J. Watt is still great. Uh, they're, you know, so I, I think they're good. Their defense is going to be very good. Very, very good. Um, but hey, all right, so that, that's enough of that. That's enough teasing. So I guess coming up next, we got a final, I'll, I'll grow the balls 
to do the abortion special. And maybe that will be the one to get me canceled. Um, and then from there on out, the rest of the summer, um, I'm going to do some pretty in-depth uh, NFL analysis that will inform NFL best bets uh, for the beginning of the season, pending, of course, any big injuries that come out of training camp or preseason. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll look at the position groups, find good matchups, and then um, give ourselves a really nice position to, uh, to do some damage against your bookie. So, all right. So I, I don't think this one was, was as funny as they normally are. Um, cause I had to make fun of a fucking man crying, but, um, but yeah, emergency transmission over men that cry in public are selfish. That's all you have to tell yourself, you know, forget selfish men. And then, um, yeah, let's get ready to make some money in the, uh, in the NFL season coming up. All right. Cheers, everybody.